I have a word for you from the Lord this morning. And I'd like to draw your attention to the book of John chapter 11. The book of John chapter 11. Beginning at verse 17. When you get there. You can say, man, if you don't have your Bibles, that's all right. I brought mine. We'll put the words on the screen for you as well. <clears throat> John eleven seventeen. This is what it says. So when Jesus came, <clears throat> so when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Verse 20. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm going to stop there. Father, I pray today in the name of the Lord Jesus that you would release the revelation of who you are. That you would release the revelation of your son Jesus in this house. And that faith would come by hearing the word of God. We give you all of the praise and glory in your name. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about the subject, the last day. The last day. You ever missed a last day? A last day to register for a class. You got there a day late. They said, sorry, yesterday was the last day. You know, a couple of months ago, I broke my iPad. I dropped my iPad. I had a brand new iPad 2, and I accidentally knocked it off the table, and it hit the floor just at the right angle and shattered the face of it. And I called my buddy, who works at the Apple store, and he typically gets me the hookup. Somebody say amen for the hookup. You see, if, if, if a tragedy befalls you, it's okay if you got the hookup. And so I called him. I said, listen, bro, I need you to hook me up again. Because, see, when I had destroyed my MacBook Pro, I called him and he gave me the hookup. So it was okay. So I figure if he could fix a MacBook Pro for me, surely he could fix my iPad. I called him up. I said, listen, I need the hookup. I dropped my iPad too and destroyed it. He said, I'm sorry, man. Yesterday was the last day. Had you just broken it a day earlier, I could have replaced it. But they just changed the policy of the store. And I don't have the authority to do that for you anymore. You missed it. Yesterday was the last day. If only you would have called me yesterday. It was the last day. Last week, I came home. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of those, uh, I'm a purist, you know. I don't like things like cases, you know. So I have my iPhone 4, and my wife, you know, she's got this bulletproof case around hers. You know, I mean, she could drop it out of an airplane, and it wouldn't be hurt, you know. It would, you know, it would still be fine. But I was walking around with mine. I said, no, 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 why would I put a case on this thing? You know, I, want, I bought the iPhone because it looks nice. It's sleek. 
You know, I put a case on it. It makes it ugly. I'm not going to have no big fat case, iPhone sticking out of my pocket like a foot, you know, big brick in your pocket. Look how beautiful this phone is. No, no, no. I'm going to use it without the case. She's, my wife warned me. She said, you're going to drop it. I said, no, I'm not. She said, yes, you are. You're going to drop it. Well, I dropped it several times. Now, that sucker is resilient. I dropped it several times. And every time I dropped it, I picked it up. It was fine. I was like, yes. But last week on Saturday night, my luck ran out. I was listening to music in the car. I got out of the car. I had my cell phone in my hand. I stuck it in my pocket. Only I missed my pocket. So I threw it right down on the concrete. Blam! I picked it up. I said, oh, no. I looked at it. It, The the screen wasn't cracked. The glass wasn't cracked. I was like, yes. Bless that Steve Jobs. Man, this thing is indestructible. I've dropped it. I've dropped it hundreds of times and it's still fine. I get upstairs. I turn it on. I'm playing with the apps and everything's fine. Everything's cool, right? An hour later, I was on the Facebook app and the whole thing just shut down. I mean, the screen just went black. Couldn't get it to turn back on. I go over to the Apple store the next day. I'm like, look, my phone, it died. It's dead. They said, did you drop it? I said, it's dead. It died. (laughs) They said, well, give me your phone number. Let's see if we could replace it for you. And they looked me up in the system. They said, "Uh uh-oh. I said, what happened? They said, your warranty just ran out a few days ago. If you would have just done this a few days ago, but you missed it. A few days ago was the last day. You missed the last day. Had you come in just a few days ago, you would have caught the warranty and we would have been handing you a free phone right now. But because you missed the last day, the last day, the last chance, the last opportunity, you ever hear about a mega sale that you just missed? What? They were selling what? 90% off what? You called a store, sorry, they're full price now. Matter of fact, we just raised the price. Yesterday was the last day. Mary and Martha had just experienced a last day here in John chapter 11. Their brother Lazarus was sick and he was sick unto death, but they thought it's no problem because Jesus is a personal friend of ours. You know, when you know Jesus and he's a personal friend of yours, you feel like you kind of got the hookup. You know what I'm talking about? Mary and Martha, they were standing there with their brother who was about to die, but they weren't even tripping. Why? We got the hookup. We got Jesus. He's our friend. I mean, he heals people he doesn't even know. He's definitely going to heal our brother. And every day, as he gets closer to his death, they feel like any day he's going to show up. They sent word to him, and word came to him, and when he heard that his friend Lazarus was sick, it says he just kicked it for two more days. I wonder why Jesus is not hooking me up. The last day of Lazarus' life. The last day. Lord, you've got to come today. It's the last day. Lazarus is going to die if you don't show up today. It's the last day. It's the last chance. Have you ever come to that place in your life where you said, God, I need you to come right now. Not tomorrow. I need you to move now. I need you to change this now. You ever had a crisis moment in your life? That crisis moment where you said, God, if you ever love me, please do this for me right now. 
If you ever cared about me, I need you to show it right now. I need you now. It's the last day. It's the last opportunity. If you don't come today, it's over and done with. And Mary and Martha were clinging to their faith that Jesus would come today because it's the last day. Surely he's not going to let me down. And it's a funny thing. God doesn't always show up at our last days. I love hearing testimonies about how God showed up at the last day. You know, somebody says, oh, it was the last day and I needed to pay my mortgage. And somebody gave me a check for $3,000 and I paid my mortgage and saved my house. Hallelujah. But the person sitting next to him was going, isn't that funny? I lost my house last week. I'm glad Jesus came for your last day, but he missed mine. You ever felt like he just missed mine? Mary and Martha are thinking, hmm, it's funny. I've seen him have healing meetings where he healed everybody. He stayed in our home. We fed him. He slept in our bed. Right? I mean, he sat at our table. Surely. I mean, we have shared intimate fellowship with him. Surely he's coming through for us. But the last day came and went. And on that day, Mary and Martha had to stand there in the absence of Jesus and watch their brother gasp for his last breath and die before their eyes while Jesus was off on vacation with his 12 disciples. After several days go by, Jesus says, let's go on over here. See about Lazarus. And his disciples said, what are you talking about? Lazarus is dead. He said, let's just go. He comes into the city and they hear Jesus is there and they're a little upset. You ever been a little upset with God? I mean, they're thankful he came, but they're a little upset at the same time. I mean, I'm glad you're here. But the last day was yesterday. And actually, it had been four days. By the time Jesus shows up, it had been four days since Lazarus was was dead. And that is significant, and I'll tell you why. Because in the Hebrew mind, in the Jewish mind, after the third day, the soul leaves the body. For those three days, there was still hope. Maybe he'll come before the soul leaves the body. And the third day, once again, was another last day, and he didn't come. He shows up after the last of the last days, meaning he shows up after all hope is gone. He shows up after the loss has already taken place. He shows up. Listen, many of you are here and you've already suffered loss. You're here and things have already fallen apart in your life. You're here and you already feel like I've lost everything. What more can he do for me? Oh, God loves me too little too late. Jesus walks in the city. People are looking at Jesus, judging him. Couldn't this man who healed the eyes of the blind have healed this man and kept this man from dying? What is he doing? You ever wondered in your heart and mind, what is God doing? What is wrong with him? Can't he see? I mean, if I were God, I would have done it. You ever thought that? 
You ever told anybody? I've told people that, man, if I were God, I would just heal you, you know? I mean, if it were me, I don't know what he's doing. But if I were him, if I could, I would do it for you. Meaning, I don't know what's wrong with God. I know he's not really there for you, but I am. I got your back. Don't worry. Martha hears that Jesus is there. She runs out. She falls at his feet. Lord, if you were here, our brother wouldn't have died. If you had been here, our brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus says, your brother will rise again. Your brother will rise again. And Martha says, I know he'll rise again at the last day. She moved from one last day, the day of his death, to the next last day, the third day after his death, and now to another last day at the end of the age. In her mind, the only hope that's left is that at the end of the age, sometime way in the future, God's going to do something to reverse what's happened to her future, something that's happened to her family. Sometime way at the end of the age, it'll all pan out in the end. Sometime way at the end of the age, God is going to do something to make everything okay. And that's how we comfort ourselves sometimes, doesn't it? You know, when we get to heaven, it'll all be okay. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all get to heaven, we'll sing and shout the victory. But in the meantime on the earth, we just have to deal with the fact that God just didn't show up and he just didn't do some stuff for us. At the last day, she says, now there's coming a last day. I know that the last day is coming, but it's a long way away. It's at the end of the age. She says at the last day, at the resurrection, meaning the resurrection is the last day. And Jesus looks at her and says, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. You know what Jesus is saying? I am the last day. You're waiting for the last day, but I am the last day. I'm coming to bring about the last day. Listen, wherever Jesus went, he came to bring the last day. The problem is we're so focused on the fact that he missed the last day that we don't realize that when he walks into our city, he comes to bring the last day. He walks into that city and he says, you thought yesterday was the last day. I'm telling you today is the last day because today is the day I've shown up in your city. It's the last day your brother is stuck into that grave. It's the last day you're mourning for the loss of your brother. It's the last day. Wherever Jesus went, he brought the last day. And when people came to faith, When people believed in him, they somehow saw in him the last day. When the woman with the issue of blood said she had been in that condition for 18 years. Imagine, ladies, being on your period for 18 straight years. This woman had an 18-year-long period. She suffered many things from many physicians and no one could help her. Nothing. She took every kind of medicine, every kind of treatment. She went through every kind of procedure you could possibly imagine. She had spent everything she had, but suddenly she looked and saw Jesus walking through her city. And she said, it's the last day. I'm not dealing with this thing another day. It's the last day. It's coming to an end. She pressed through the crowd. Why? Because she believed it was the last day. She came through and touched the hem of his garment. Why? Because she believed it was the last day. And she didn't care what people thought about her. She didn't care what she looked like. She said, you can laugh at me if you want. It's the last day. I'm not dealing with this thing. You can look at me and judge me today. Wait till you see me tomorrow. 
It's the last day. Blind Bartimaeus had been blind his entire life. But when he heard Jesus was walking through his city, he said, it's the last day. It's my last day of blindness. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It's the last day. I'm not dealing with this anymore. It's the last day. It's the last day. Jesus came and stood before him and said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, sir, I want to see. I want to see. And Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. And he went away seeing. It was his last day of blindness. Listen, there was a man who was paralyzed from the neck down. And his friends did everything they could for him. But when they heard Jesus was in their city, they said, it's the last day. They picked up his bed. They carried him to where Jesus was. They climbed up on the roof because they couldn't get in the door. Listen. Can you imagine coming here and this place is so packed you can't even get in? Would you have the faith to climb up on the roof and come down through a skylight? You would only do it if you knew it was the last day. You would only do it if you knew the last day is up in that building. They destroyed that man's house to get their friend to Jesus. They dug a hole in his roof. Listen, in the ancient world, when you dug through somebody's roof, you destroyed their house. I mean, that man couldn't live there. (laughs) It's another last day, too. The last day you're living in this house. (laughs) We're going to have to come up with some fundage to buy you a new house. But we don't care. Our friend has been paralyzed his entire life. But those days are over. It's the last day. We carried him in, but he's going to walk out. It's the last day. It's the last day. And Jesus touched everyone who came to faith. In the fact that he was bringing the last day. And when he spoke to people. He spoke to them to bring them to faith. In the fact that he was bringing the last day. He spoke to people who were disillusioned. By the fact that nothing had changed in their paths. He spoke to people who were disgruntled. And people who were discouraged. Because they'd done everything in their power. Remember he stood at the pools of Bethesda. And the man was lame from his mother's womb. And Jesus said do you want to be made whole? And he said I have no one. There's no one to help me into the pool. He immediately turned to his past. Every day I've come out here and nothing's happened. Why should I believe something's going to happen today? Every day I've tried to change my situation and nothing has changed it. Every day I believed and nothing happens. Every day, you know how, how many times I've tried to believe and nothing's happened? And Jesus looks at him and says, take up your bed and walk. It's the last day. It's the last day. I'm here to tell you today the word of the Lord to you is it is the last day. It is the last day. It is the last day you're walking in shame and condemnation. It is the last day you've walked in fear and anxiety. It is the last day you've walked in guilt and sin. I'm telling you that the old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I'm saying that if you would hear the sound of my voice and begin to believe in the Jesus that I'm talking to you about, I'm saying that he's come to this house to bring about the last day. I'm saying that Jesus, who once healed the sick, continues to heal the sick. It's the last day. It's the last day. It's the last day. And Jesus looks at Martha and says, do you believe this? I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And she says, yes, Lord, I believe. He says, I don't think you do. So I'm going to have to demonstrate it. Come with me. Let's go to the tomb. And they take him over to the tomb. And everybody's saying, I believe, I believe, until he says, take away the stone. Now, that's where the rubber meets the road. You can say, I believe the Lord can heal what's on the other side of that stone. But until you're willing to remove that stone and deal with the stank. 
I'm telling you, it's stinking there. They said, Lord, by now, I love the old King James Version. It says, he said, take away the stone. They said, but Lord, by now it stinketh. <laughs> There's some stuff in your life that just stinketh. Some places you just don't go to. And, and you know, you know, you know where those places are. You know that I know that you know where those places are. Oh, don't pretend you ain't got none of them places because as soon as somebody asks you about that part of your life, you start back you know, you know what I mean? You start backpedaling. Well, you know, uh, that was a time in my life when I, you know, I was just, you know, it was just some stuff was happening. We don't need to talk details about what was going on up in there, but you know, some stuff was happening there that, you know, you know, we all have our, you know. So what happened with your first marriage? Oh, well, you know, we ain't got to talk. We don't have to talk details. So what happened? Why are you in such deep debt? Well, I, you know, I, you know we, we go through stuff and we find that, oh, we got real quiet up in here real, all of a sudden. It stinks in there. It stinks in there. You want to talk about the power of, resur- of the resurrection? The power of the resurrection only works in the place of death. So many people never tap into the real power of Jesus Christ because they only want to show him their good side. And your good side don't need no resurrection power. If you want to see the power of the resurrection, you got to bring out your stuff. It's funny, that woman with the issue of blood, she wasn't supposed to touch anyone. A woman on her period, if she touched anyone, they were defiled, according to the law. She was defiled for 18 years. She was willing to defile everybody to get to Jesus. It said she pressed through the crowd. I mean, can you imagine her? Defiled, defiled, get out of my way. Defiled, defiled. Defilement spreading through the crowd like gangrene. Get this. If you're defiled and you touch someone that's defiled, not only do they become defiled, but everybody they touch is defiled. She effectively defiled the entire world crowd a lot of people say I, I, I don't come to church why don't you come to church because I don't want to mess up everybody else in there because I got my stuff I want to deal with my stuff first and then put on a suit and go to church so that everything everybody thinks my life is great I want to put on a happy face and smile and hold my big King James version Bible and say praise the Lord saints Good morning, good morning, Deacon. God bless you, Brother Elder, Deacon, Brother Deacon, Bishop. God bless you. How are you doing? Oh, blessed and highly favored. But you know you just got done yelling at your wife and slapping your kids. Maybe one of the reasons we never tap into the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is because we're too busy trying to pretend we already got it. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. When we should be bowing our heads and beating our breasts and saying, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. (laughs) That's all right. She got that one. She got revelation right there. That's what happened. You remember the Syrophoenician woman? You know the one Jesus called a dog? Oh, everybody knows that story. I used to read that story and say, man, Lord, you're mean. 
No, that's messed up. I mean, the woman comes to Jesus asking for healing. And she says, son of David, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, thou son of David. And he said, and he doesn't even respond to her. He doesn't even look at her. And the disciples are there and she's getting on the disciples nerves. You know, when folks come to church with needs, they tend to get on the disciples nerves. And finally, and Jesus didn't say anything. He wasn't addressing it. You know, I mean, if you're not going to give her what she asked for, Jesus, just tell her to shut up and send her away. But don't let her keep bothering us. And she keeps saying, Lord, son of David, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And finally, the disciples said, Lord, will you send her away? And Jesus doesn't even respond to them. Mm -mm. No, let her cry a little longer. You ever wonder why sometimes the Lord doesn't respond to you? You ever prayed and prayed and prayed and felt like the Lord just was not responding to you? You ever begged him for something or asked him for something and and cried out for something and just felt like he wasn't responding to you? What's going on there? Jesus turns and looks at her finally. He says actually to one of his disciples, not even to her. He said, it's not right for me to take the bread that's for the children and give it to the dogs. You know what Jesus was saying? She was pretending she knew him. Son of David. What are you talking about, son of David? You don't even know who David was. You're Syrophoenician. You're not even a daughter of Israel. You're trying to pretend you're under the same covenant as the people of Israel are. You know, you're coming into the church and speaking all the Christianese. Oh, hallelujah. I'm here to get my blessing. I need to get my breakthrough. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Even pretend to speak in little tongues if I need to. Oh, read time my bow tie. Ha ha. You know what Jesus was saying to this woman? I know exactly who you are. You're not fooling nobody. Why don't you just come straight? Say, look, Lord, I don't know you. I don't have any covenant with you. I don't have a relationship with you. There's no reason why you should answer my prayer. But I'm asking you to do it out of your grace. I'm not up in here in a suit and tie and pretending I've been here every Sunday and know half the Bible. And, you know, listen, you don't need to pretend. You can just, and you know what, even if you have been here every Sunday and you don't have the Bible, that still doesn't give you or I a right to think that God owes us anything. Nobody gets the hookup from God. Sometimes God doesn't give us anything because we're reaching for a hookup and God doesn't give hookups. He only gives grace. When Jesus says, it's not right for me to take what belongs to the children and give it to the dogs. You know what he was saying? He's saying, I know who you are. I know you're not under the covenant. You're trying to pretend you are. So you can stop the act. And she said, well, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. All right, you got me. You want to use that metaphor? I'll go with you. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that come from the master's table. And he looks at her and says, go your way. You have what you ask for. 
The whole time he wanted to give her her miracle. He wanted to bring about the last day in that suffering in her child's life. But he needed to do what he had to do to bring her heart into the right place. Where she realized that it was not the way she postured herself that determined whether the Lord answered her or not. But it was her being real. And faith requires that you be real. He said, go your way. And it said, from that very hour, her daughter was made whole. Let's go to the tomb. Because y'all don't believe me. Take away the stone. I want to see the deepest, darkest, nastiest place in your life. Take away the stone. Take it away. Take away the pretense. Take away your tendency to try to hide that thing, to try to dress it up. People used to decorate and ornament their tombs, make it look nice on the outside, put some flowers around it, paint it up a little bit, make it look like a nice place when inside it's full of stank and dead man's bones. Take away all of that pretense. I want to see what's inside. And watch this. When they took away the stone, the atmosphere was filled with the stench of death. The atmosphere was filled with the stench of rotting flesh. And everyone was overpowered by the stench of death except Jesus. The life on the inside of me cannot be overwhelmed by the death on the outside of me. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And he speaks right into that stench, right into that place of death. And the stench reverses itself and goes back in the tomb. And Lazarus comes hopping out of the tomb. Why? It's the last day. Just like the woman with the issue of blood, she defiled everybody until she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And when Jesus sanctified her and made her clean... Everybody got cleansed. You know there's a whole wake of people behind you that are waiting to get cleaned up. And the only way they're going to get cleaned is if you touch the hem of his garment. I'm telling you that if it's the last day for you, it's the last day for a whole bunch of people who are behind you. The last day for everybody you just touched is the day you begin to touch the hem of his garment. The day you realize that he is the resurrection. And let me tell you something. When he actually, and listen, even after the resurrection of Lazarus. He brings Lazarus back from the grave and he says, y'all still don't believe me. You still don't believe me. So I'm going to show you with my own life. The power of the resurrection did not begin in the life of Jesus the day he arose from the dead. He was always the resurrection. The power of his resurrection was manifested the day he arose from the dead. It didn't begin there. He says, let me demonstrate to you that I am the resurrection. Let me show you that I have power over death, hell, and the grave. Let me show you that there's nothing in your life that the devil can do to you that I can't reverse it. Let me show you that you don't have to spend the rest of your life in your affliction. I'm able to bring about the last day. And I'm saying to you this morning, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit, that for many of you here today, today is the last day. It's the last day. Some of you came in this place walking in confusion about who God is. It's the last day. 
Some of you walked in this place burdened down with guilt and shame, unsure of your relationship with God. I'm telling you, it's the last day. I'm saying that God is bringing about the resurrection. That resurrection power is the power to reverse that which has, has gone on in your life. For some of you, it's passed through the generations to come to you. Some of the things that have burdened your life and held you down, some of the things that are destroying you have destroyed your fathers and your grandfathers and your grandfathers before you. I'm telling you that Jesus Christ is here today to bring about the last day. I don't care how many generations it's gone on. He's coming to bring about the last day. He's coming to draw the line in the sand and say it's done. It's finished. It's the last day. There's only one question. Do you believe this? Do you believe it? Because the only thing that stands between you and your destiny in Christ. Is the issue of faith or unbelief. Do you believe this? Many of you are here today and you say, I'm in the midst of a crisis of faith. You say, how do you solve a crisis of faith? I want to believe. I want desperately to believe, but I'm struggling. I'm in the midst of a crisis of faith. How do I solve a crisis of faith? Let me tell you how to solve a crisis of faith. You take a leap of faith. Take a leap of faith. You know where the idea of the leap of faith came from? Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard, the beginning of the 1700s, took a walk late at night with his father out in the Danish countryside. No street lights, the light of the moon and the stars. They came to a deep gorge in the earth. His father climbed down into it about 10 feet below, disappeared into the gorge and said, Soren, jump. He said, Dad, I can't jump. He said, Soren, jump. He said, Dad, I can't jump. He said, Soren, I'll catch you. He said, but Dad, I can't see you. And his father said, don't worry, son, I can see you. Faith is leaping into the arms of a father that you cannot see, but simply making the decision to believe that he can see you. And if you're waiting for all of the evidence, father, give me the evidence that you can see me. No, no, no. I'm in the dark. You can't see me, but I can see you. The evidence is on my end, not your end. You hear my voice and take that leap. I'm telling you today that many of you today are going to begin to take a leap of faith. And that leap of faith is going to start today. Make a decision where you say, I don't understand everything. I still have a lot of questions. Stuff doesn't make sense to me, but I hear him calling me to jump. And so I'm going to jump into his arms. How do you jump into the arms of that father? You make a decision to trust Jesus Christ for your salvation. You make a decision to open your heart to him. You make a decision to open your life to him. You make a decision to ask him to come into your heart. You make a decision. Lord, I don't know if you're even there, but I'm leaping in your direction. Would you catch me? The resurrection. It begins when you come to faith that this could be the last day for you. This could be the last day for that sickness that plagues your body. This could be the last day for that addiction or that power of oppression that has plagued your life. This could be the last day. For that anxiety and fear that you've carried every day for your life. I'm telling you that if you come to faith in Christ today. He's going to bring about the last day. Martha. I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. I know a lot has died in your life. But I am the resurrection. You're waiting for a day when you should be looking for a person. person is here but Lord you missed my last day no 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 you were looking for the wrong last day 
It's not about the sale. Your hope was in the sale. And you thought you lost something because you missed the sale. But he said, I'm coming to pay full price for it. And I'm going to pay for it with my blood. It's the last day. Bow your heads today. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you're here. Thank you that you're here. And I give you the praise. And I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would fall on this place. You would open up our eyes and open up our ears. Open up our minds. Holy Spirit, begin to move on every heart. Begin to move on every mind. Lord, I pray that you would begin to take away the stone right now. Take away the stone. Whatever the stone is. If the stone is fear, take it away. If the stone is pride, take it away. If the stone is confusion and unbelief, take it away. Lord, I don't care what's on the other side of that stone. You're here to bring about the last day. You're here to bring life where there's been nothing but death. You're here to bring freedom where there's been nothing but oppression. I declare to you the word of the Lord today. Today is the last day. Today is the day of salvation. There's some folks in here today. You've been in a battle of faith, a struggle of faith for so long, and you don't know how to get out of it. I say it's the last day. It's the last day. Jesus is here. Jesus is here, and he's reaching for you. He's reaching for your heart. He's reaching for you. He's reaching for your mind. He's reaching for your life. I say today is the day of salvation. Today's the day. Stop making excuses about it. The word of the Lord to you today is it's the last day. But you've got to make a decision.